Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast, the Feral Cow Bitch podcast to be exact. It's your girl, Lacey. Doja is very clingy because if you didn't know, if you hadn't listened to my other podcast episodes, I went on a trip. I was gone for about Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I was gone for about five days and Doja was not happy with me. <laughs> she did not like me leaving her. So she has uh, definitely been Okay, hey, 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 girly pop, I have to be able to use the mic. You're going to have to just lay down. <laughs> God. She has been very much obsessed with me, will not leave me because she's like, you can't leave me again. I'm so sorry, baby girl. Okay, your mom's got to do hot girl shit. Okay, sometimes I'm going to have to leave you every now and then. And you're going to have to adjust. Okay, you're going to have to adjust to that. And I'm so sorry. But anyway, I hope you guys are doing fantastic. We're definitely going to discuss the trip, of course. But before that, I have actually had a good bit of emails. You guys have been hitting me up. And like I said, I genuinely love that aspect. Sorry, I just had I had to kick her out. She's literally just it's too much. <laughs> but um, you guys have been really making this such an interactive podcast, which I genuinely appreciate so much because I think it's so fun. I love hearing your stories. I love just hearing from you guys in general. So please, if you ever have comments, questions, concerns, or you have a crazy dating story, crazy life story, you just want to, you know, put your input, you have, you find some crazy Tinder dating profiles, whatever it may be, send it my way. The email is just tell the FCB at gmail.com. It'll also be in the description because like I said, I think it just makes the podcast so much fun. And I genuinely enjoy it. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, so we're going to start off. Da, 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 da. Okay, so I'm not sure if I can say this lovely... Okay, yes, you can say my name. Okay, so this email says, Hi, my name is Josie, and I'm listening to your podcast, episode 15, and I want to thank you for your stance on the Ozempic thing. I had seen your post about weight loss and remember the exact comment you mentioned in the podcast. I'm going to give you a bunch of details, so this is too much, I understand. <laughs> I started Ozempic at the beginning of 2024 because I was pre-diabetic, no longer am, high cholesterol, menstruating every two weeks, and not and had not lost weight even though I had been working out weight training for a year after almost two months I had lost 10 pounds and I ended up finding out I have PCOS which explained a lot I say this to say thank you you being vulnerable about your weight loss honestly helped me more than you realize seeing the comment hurt more than I want to admit because I started questioning if I was actually cheating weight loss and even though I tried working out and changing my diet before getting on Ozempic hearing you say I am losing weight like a normal person now made me feel so valid knowing I am in the same situation truly thank you for bringing attention to how real of a health issue PCOS actually is. And not to end on this sappy note, having always lived in the city, Los Angeles, small town, a real thing. Like I cannot wrap my head around everyone knowing everyone and everything <laughs> and everything. So first of all, thank you so much for like reaching out to me because I love when I get to hear like that, you know, my dumbass gets to have an impact on people positively. So yes, I want to be incredibly vocal about my weight loss and on Ozempic. The only reason I didn't make a full video or like, because I just want to be able to explain it a little bit more. And it's just hard to get that all in that minute and a half. There's so many videos I have that I want to post. And it's just so hard because like I said, in a minute and a half, it's just so hard to get all the points that you want. And you don't want to do part seven, you know, so that's why I really love my podcast because we can come here and we can really explain things, but no, you are valid in your weight loss. And I really wish people did understand that PCOS is a fucking demon to deal with. Like I was an, I'm an active person, always have been, I've been in and out of the gym consistently. I can eat well and I do not lose weight because of PCOS, because of that insulin resistance, but adding that Ozempic or semaglutide really has benefited me. And I just wish people would just leave people the fuck alone. Like that's all that it boils down to. And that's why that comment upset me because I knew that somebody reading it like Josie 
would feel upset, would feel invalidated. And that's not fucking okay. I want my page to be a safe place, period. I don't care who you are. I don't care how you identify. I don't care who you love. You deserve to feel loved, appreciated, and respected. And I'm going to try my damnedest to make sure that my page is that for you. So like I said, I really appreciate you reaching out. And yes, you are very valid. And it's not cheating. It's not fucking cheating. <laughs> it just isn't. Hello, Lacey. My name is Alex. Okay, so I can use your first name, not your last name. Absolutely. I'm from Edmonton, AB, up in the Great White Nort. <laughs> I believe that's Canada, but I'm also a dumb bitch. <laughs> I want to tell you a crazy story I had back in 2015. I moved from Ontario to Alberta at 23 years old for my career. When I moved here, I decided to go on the handy dandy thing called Tinder and Plenty of Fish to see what was out there. It was my first time, and then and then we're not gentle to say the least. I was chatting to a few guys here and there. This guy and I, well, we were chatting for like a week or so. So we ended up exchanging numbers and chatted for a, a few more days. Nothing crazy, just free flow chatting. One night I was headed to bed. So I texted him that I text him tomorrow sometime. Fast forward to the next day, like 3 p.m. ish. I'm off to Tim Hortons for a little pick me up when I see a message from Plenty of Fish Guy. His name is Matt, by the way. And I ain't being discreet because this absolute fuck thud of a man needs to be known to women to stay very far away. <laughs> Anyway, I am in the drive-thru getting my medium double-double and sour cream Timbits when all of a sudden I get a text message from Matt and it says, if you say you're going to text someone, you should text them. And let me tell you, when I read this, I was like, who the fuck does he, this clown thinks he is? So I reply, excuse me, pal, I'm a busy woman and today has been a busy day. Sorry I didn't get around to messaging you. Like, sir, we have never met for one. For two, we chatted for over a week, so you don't get to message me things like this, like ever. So this is where it gets fucked. He goes, okay, whatever you say, whore, you baby killer. Huh? I was, as you can imagine, confused. Yeah, uh, fucking same. Scared and quite flabbergasted getting his reply back. I'm thinking, okay, good. Talk, bud. Glad you sorted your crazy thoughts in your head before replying back. This guy seemed like an oddball just from the things he said over the last few days. But this this was astonishing. Anyway, I got home after work that day and he's going off still. Meanwhile, I haven't replied to a single text. Then he kept saying you're a baby killer with my full name too, which was creepy because I didn't tell him my first name, just a nickname which I go by. And it could be a few names. Anyway, he sent me a link called the dirty my innocent self has never heard of such a website of false stories about women or men that are targeted from psychopaths that probably rejected them at some point or just people who invest too much time in someone's life that ain't true what so anyway i see my picture off the dating site i used to sadly get in contact with this clown i love that picture too and that picture will forever be ruined there's a massive blurb under my picture saying my first and last name then a crazy story he made up to beware of me because him and I have been in a relationship for three years and he overheard me on the phone talking to my friend how I was pregnant and I'm going to intentionally kill my baby with drinking heavy amounts of alcohol like this dude made this story up pulled it from his sick twisted ass who has time for this let alone being this sick yeah that's fucking crazy all because he didn't text you in a timely fashion on his timetable anyways I was sick to my stomach reading this because I was in the process of going through a police background for my career and my picture is on this site with the grossest messed up story about me I was like stomach dropped out of my asshole feeling sick and I was incredibly creeped out that at this point over not messaging him the next day insecure men are some of the craziest ones out there I swear so anyways the next day I'm at work and my phone is blowing the fuck up this goof is texting me things like he will hurt me so bad he'd have me eating through a tube oh my god and have my roommates watch me get okay trigger warning trigger trigger warning um and my roommates watch me get sexually assaulted like vulgar threatening terrifying things this was 2015 and I had an iPhone no one told me you could block people off your iPhone so what I found out that timbit of handy info I blocked his ass and called the police and filed a report about four weeks go by and police call me and told me they had arrested him and told me good thing I did report this as he's been doing this to women around the city oh my god 
So I got a restraining order against him. Fast forward to 2023 and I see his scummy mugshot face show up in my Instagram post in an Instagram post. It was a wanted poster for Calgary, which is three hours south of me for the same shit. Oh my God. So I searched his creepy ass on Reddit and Twitter. And let me tell you, he's targeted so many women. It's sickening. Same type of threats he threatened me with. This guy needs to be locked up forever because he's going to hurt or kill someone one day. Anyway, I tell this story. My chest gets heavy and my stomach turns a bit. I slept with a bat for months. I don't freaking blame you, sis. This is fucking scary. You have every right to feel that way. Um, therapy helped too, but when I look back on it, I pray no other woman has to encounter this twisted bastard. Anyways, that is the most messed up dating online experience I've been in. I also have a few wild dating stories and situations I've been in since moving here. My mom tells me I need to write a novel with all the shit I've been through. LOL. <laughs> anyway, I absolutely love your podcast, Lacey. You truly make, you truly make me laugh so hard when I'm doing my cleaning or getting ready in the morning. It makes my day lighter and tears run down my cheeks. Oh, thank you so much. That, you ain't fucking kidding. That is crazy. Like, that is absolutely bananas, bro. Holy fucking shit. Holy fucking shit. That is crazy. I'm I'm sorry. Like, I'm literally lost for words at that. Like, I just... that And that's the thing is, like, it's so fucking scary that they do shit like that because the threat is there regardless of if they're serious or not. You have to take everything as serious because you don't know what the fuck can happen or what they're capable of. It's crazy. Okay. So... Um, this one says, Lacey, I just started listening to your podcast a few days ago on my commute to and from work. Your podcast is amazing. I really like it. I'm a 62 year old lady. My daughter and I follow you on Facebook and Instagram. You are funny as hell. I also love cows and snow is beautiful. We also love all things cats and Doja is great. We live in South Carolina, but I am originally from the Midwest. Just wanted to reach out and tell you that you brighten my days. On a serious note, my daughter has PCOS and severe social anxiety. She takes Paxil and birth control pills because so she can live her best life. She's 26. When she, when you speak about mental health struggles and weight loss, it truly helps her. It truly helps others. Thank you. Okay. Thank oh God. See, I just love, I really, really genuinely enjoy when you guys reach out like that. Like it just, it, it just, cause like, I just get sappy because I think about the impact it would have had on me if I would have heard somebody talk about PCOS and having an apron tummy and, you know, just being felt, feeling represented, you know, and that's why I just said, fuck it. We're doing it. You're, you're fucking doing it, whether you like it or not, sis. <laughs> okay. Hi, I think you're amazing. And I've enjoyed your podcast so much. I was on dating apps on and off for about two years. Here was my favorite response to unsolicited dick pics. Note anything anything else in the picture. For example, are those granite, are, are your countertops granite? What type of phone do you have? It either got a laugh or an abrupt end to the convo. I was entertained either way. That is true. I have done that before. It's very fun. My favorite Bumble date. Picture this end of February, 2020 and fresh into the dating pool. Oh, that was right before the pandemic too. And in the dating pool after a divorce on my Bumble profile, I mentioned that I like the outdoors and hiking. Fast forward to the second date. We met at a nice restaurant. He shows up with a giant stick, not just a stick, a stick he found out in the woods and he had whittled it. <laughs> Did you go on a date with a 65 year old man? <laughs> Who's whittling out here? I, I respect it though. I mean, it's a hobby. I had to awkwardly walk out with the stick. Sounds sweet, right? I was thinking a little more odd, but you know, it is a nice gesture. No, we had a few more dates and enough time to know he was not a man to take seriously. After nonstop attempts to get me to hang out in his inflatable hot tub in his garage, he'd named the Love Shack. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Who is this man? Showing me his ex-fiance's engagement ring, asking for toilet paper. Early COVID was crazy. That is true. Insisting I see his gun collection, broken condom and more. He has a broken condom collection. This is, this is an interesting fella. 
I'd had enough of the roller coaster and frankly just felt a little unsafe. I broke it off via text like a true adult. Remember the walking stick? He pops up at my house demanding the walking stick back. He said I didn't deserve it and also wanted his two IPAs out of my fridge. I gave him the stick and told him that I drank the beers. The small flicker of joy that was that I hate IPAs and knew some other man would drink them. I hope the next woman loves the walking stick. Great. Hope this made you smile and related to the crazy out there. <laughs> Feel free to use my name. Oh, okay, so that was Emily. Oh my god. A fucking walking stick. He whittled you a walking stick and then was pissed because he did. You didn't appreciate the walking stick enough. You know, you just didn't appreciate it like he wanted you to. He just, I don't fucking know. You should have went to the love shack in the inflatable fucking hot tub. <laughs> oh God. Well, we have another dating store, baby. Uh, hey, Lacey, Jackie here, and I have been loving your podcast. I thought you were, you would love another dating story from my younger days. This one had a plot twist at the end, and I find it hilarious. Okay, I'm fucking ready. While I was dating, I was with this guy for about two weeks, and we were about to go on a deployment, or I... We were about to go on deployment, so we decided that we needed to get rid of all the alcohol in his kitchen because that's what you do as a sailor. This man is 6'3 and a big motherfucker. He was a complete lightweight, but we decided to just keep pouring alcohol down his gullet. We decided that we were going to just go to bed and cuddle. Nothing too extraneous due to the fact that him being as intoxicated as he was. He woke up in the middle of the night and saw a tote in his room and thought it was the toilet. Oh, my God. He decided that he was going to pee in the tote. He did not pull his pants. He sat, just sat down and started peeing. Then started to say, why am I wet to the point that it woke me up and I decided to help him nicely to get him all cleaned up. This man just straight up pissed his pants. I love that he didn't pull his pants down. He sat down in a tote, which like, I want to know the logistics. Like, did he go in it? Because then like your knees go to your fucking face. You know what I'm saying? What, what kind of tote was this? And then the fact that he didn't take his pants off and is actively peeing, but also like, why am I wet? What? It's like, you, you did this to yourself, sir. <laughs> anyway. Uh, da, 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 where did I lay? I helped him out of his clothes and got him in the shower to clean them up. And he's sitting in the bottom of his tub, singing that the water is hitting his pee pee. <laughs> LMAO, what possessed me to stay is beyond me. Plot twist. <laughs> Here, we are three kids later married and been together for 12 years. <laughs> That's your husband. I love my husband and I'm pretty sure most women would have not cleaned him up and stayed in that relationship after that. I love the story. I think it's hilarious and I enjoyed reminding him on just how nice I am of a person. Oh, no kidding. I hope you enjoyed my story about keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> love you and your content. <laughs> you know, honestly, it wasn't the it wasn't the plot twist I expected, but I fucking love that. You know, I feel like if you can handle somebody at their absolute, I don't want to say worst, because I don't think just being too drunk and peeing yourself is by no means your worst. But like, I think that's what like makes a relationship. Like there's just, when you're around somebody who does not give you an ick about anything and you want to help take care of them, I think that's when you know. So like, yeah, it was kind of wild, but you know, you knew you loved that motherfucker. <laughs> okay. This person said, Yes to using my name. Okay, so this is Julie. Yes to live dating app swiping. And yes to love is blind and all reality TV commentary. Thank you for the amazing vibes. Oh, thank you. Like I said, I love getting feedback on those kind of things because I had asked you guys if you were down um, for me to talk about things like that because I don't want the podcast to ever be something that you really just don't like, you know, a segment that you're like, mm, not a fan. So definitely let me know. But I think this might be my last email, I think. So says, hi, lovely. My name is Hannah because you can use my name and I appreciate you who you are as a creator. You are genuine, compassionate and funny as fuck. Well, thank you. Listen, my brain is coherent as yours. I say that with all the love of my heart, dude. That's yeah. 
here's an email I've had in my draft since the first episode that I just kept adding to. In one of the episodes, you had mentioned something along the lines of you won't skip through the sponsored segment of a video to support the creator. I was wondering if there were are ways to support content creators, small businesses, other than the obvious like, follow, comment. I mean, yeah, so um, I'm trying to think other than because obviously if you have money to you know, buy merch or buy from the small business. That is also obviously very good. Sharing content is always great. If, as long as you share the correct way by, you know, using the, so like in the app of like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, when you can either repost or share a video to your story, that always is okay. I know that some people got nervous because I made the big video talking about like people stealing content and it being really shitty and people got nervous because they thought like, oh, sharing to my story, is that stealing? No. If the app l allows you to do it, it is never the bad way to do it because when you share through the app, it keeps that video linked to the creator. So like on your story, if somebody's like, that video is funny and they click on the video, it'll take them to my profile. So it leaves the credit to the person it deserves. So sharing is also a big one just because it allows people, cause like my podcast, for instance, you know, if you share that with other people, and more people can, you know, know about it and hear it and, you know, like start supporting it. That's amazing. Um, but yeah, honestly, just engagement is what really helps a creator. So, you know, the liking, commenting and sharing is really the best way and just watching the video. Um, I mean, that's really all there is to it. And like I said, you know, if they have a store or they have merch or they have affiliates, if you like the affiliate stuff, like if you like, you know, whatever they might be an affiliate with, if you like that stuff, buy it and use their code but you also don't have to like like I said only if you actually want it and you know want to try whatever it might be you know so I think that's probably the best thing that's probably the best way you can help them random lighting random lightning round what non-controversial hot take do you have a non-controversial oh I don't know what's something that I feel like everyone could agree with because I feel like that's the way obviously it wouldn't be controversial I don't know actually I'm genuinely not sure. I'm not good with like uh, quick questions. Like lightning round, honestly, I can't. My, my brain can't. If you could pick up a new skill in an instant, what would it be and why? I think that I would want to know how to either crochet or play the piano. I know that seems like two very weird things, but like I feel like it'd be fun. You know, I feel like knowing how to play an instrument would be awesome or crocheting because I just feel like crocheting seems like such a peaceful activity that you can do while also doing something else. Like you could be crocheting something while also watching a show. And I feel like my ADHD brain loves that kind of shit where it takes, you know, I'm, I have two of my senses being used. Hell yeah. What's your go-to punch, joke, or punt? I don't know. I will tell you one that's stupid. Um, so this is like a dating app one specifically, and I just think I'm a comedian every time I do it. If the guy's name is Ben, I will say, how you been, but spell it like his name. <laughs> and I just think I'm a fucking comedian. Or if a guy's name's Adam, I don't know who remembers the, there was a vine where I think this guy was doing like a vape trick and the cameraman like fucks it up and he just goes, <gasps> Adam. So anytime a guy's name is also Adam, I send Adam because I am an idiot. Um, why couldn't the pony talk? He was a little horse. That's a good one. If you had a crystal ball that would tell you the absolute truth, what's the one question you'd ask? Oh my God. Fuck. I don't know. I don't know. That's so crazy. I really don't know. Fuck, Mary kill. Miley Cyrus, Taylor Swift, Selena Gomez. Oh my God. I'm marrying Taylor. No questions asked. I'm going to fuck Miley and kill Selena. Now, listen, 
it's only because I was way more of a Miley Hannah Montana girl than I was a Selena girl, but I still think Selena's amazing and great. And I just, I feel bad saying it. I do. I feel bad saying it, but you put it on me. <laughs> I blame you. This is all your fault. Anyway. <laughs> okay. So that was all of the input. Let me go to my Instagram just to make sure that there was no last minute little add-ons or DMs from anybody. Most people usually email me, which is probably the better option because I think you're able to send like a longer message. You can send multiple messages to the email and I think it's also to uh, add pictures. I don't know if you can add pictures to a DM when you're not following each other. So like I said, anytime you want to add something to the pod, please feel free. Just make sure to email me at um, my email, which is just tell the FCB at gmail.com. Love hearing from y'all. It makes the podcast so much fun in my opinion, because I love how interactive we get to get. So the next thing I'm going to do is just talk about my trip. So if you guys didn't know, I had mentioned that I went to Oklahoma. Me and my friend Jess drove out Friday. It was about a 13-hour drive without stops. Um, we made pretty good time. My uh, little blazer was scooting, and we got out there. And um, the Airbnb was super nice. I was very—I I wanted to get something very nice. We stayed in Durant, Oklahoma, because the stuff I was doing was with Lane Frost brand because I work with them. And it's really, honestly, like, I just, I just enjoy them. Um, they're good people, you know? Like, obviously, like— um, they're just like, I just, I've never had a bad interaction with them. I've never gotten a vibe that they could be bad people in any capacity. Um, and I just, I, I like working with them and it was nice to finally get to meet them in person and hang out. And like I said, they were just really nice and really great. And I never had a single issue with them. Like I just, they're really good fucking people. Um, and so we were doing some stuff because if you don't know anything about the rodeo world, that totally makes sense. But um, Lane Frost was a bull rider and he was a really great bull rider. And at 25, unfortunately, he passed away because he got bucked off and the bull stepped on his um, like chap and then accidentally kind of gored him in the side and it killed him. And it was very traumatic for a lot of people because it had never happened. You know, people, a lot of people, even though bull riding is a very dangerous sport and people usually don't die. I think, I think they said in the documentary, um, that they've only lost two people through like bull riding. And I don't know if that's only the United States or whatever, but, um, so they did a documentary because if you did like, there was a documentary when it first happened about his life. And then the movie eight seconds, if you saw that was directly around Lane Frost's life. And then they wanted to kind of do this documentary and it was really, really good. Genuinely. I think it was just really cool, uh, how it was put together. So we got to go to the premiere of it in Atoka because that was his hometown. And it was at Reba's restaurant, which was really dope to get to see her restaurant. And so all the stuff that we did with that was in Atoka, Oklahoma, but we stayed in Durant because the owner told me of the company was like, I'd like you to stay there just because then you have more stuff to do when you're not doing stuff with us. It'll be a bigger city. And it was a good opportunity because there was some fun things to do in Durant. And also as long as I can DoorDash and, um, Uber, I'm happy because I can't do that where I live. So like as, if a town has that, I'm fucking good. And I prefer like smaller towns like how Durant was because when I get in really big cities and I'm there a long time, I get overwhelmed. Like I think that's why Vegas, like I just was extremely overwhelmed because there was just so much and it's just a complete fucking 180 to my real life. So like I love a good little small town like that. But I kept some notes of just things throughout the trip because I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you Lacey's review of Durant, Oklahoma. <laughs> because I just like, we had a good time, you know? Um, we went to a couple breakfast places like breakfast slash brunch. We went to Jimmy's egg and Magnolia cafe. They were both super good. 
there was this chain. I think they're, they started in Texas and obviously I went to one in Oklahoma, but we were like flirting with the Texas line. Like Texas was only like less than 20 miles from us. It was crazy. But, um, it's called HTO and you walk in and literally, cause like I knew it was like some kind of coffee and tea place, but I didn't realize you walk in and there's just all of these, uh, little like, uh, tea dispensers, essentially like those clear things that you can use at parties and stuff. And there's literally probably at least 30 flavors and you can mix and match and pick and choose. You can like, they were telling us all about these different flavors they can make like wedding cake, or they, they showed us how to make one that tasted like apple pie. And it was just so cool. They had like cool merch for their own, like the store. they sold a lot of Yeti cups and like Yeti, um, all kinds of stuff. There was coolers, all kinds of shit. It was just really fucking neat. We went there every morning after we found it. We went Sunday, Monday, or we went Saturday, Sunday and Monday morning because it was good. I got a caramel macchiato and it was pretty fucking good. Um, but it was just so neat. It was just such a cool experience. So if you're ever around, I don't know where all they are or how many there are, but if you see an HTO, go to it. Cause shit was fucking good, dude. Um, so then a big thing that everybody talked about when going to Durant is there's a casino called the Choctaw Casino. And I am very, very green when it comes to casinos and gambling. The only time I've been in a casino other than the Choctaw was when I went to Vegas in December. We were staying at the MGM Grand and I didn't even gamble in Vegas. <laughs> so I had never gambled before. And MGM was a very overwhelming experience because it's just massive. People never fucking sleep. There's always something going on. And I think that might have been a thing too. I think if I do go to NFR next year, I if I get like an Airbnb that's like not in, in town, I think I would be way better off because I'm just not a like city girl, you know, I'm not a motherfucking city girl. <laughs> um, but so that was the only thing I had had. And obviously I know that there's a lot of casinos that are way smaller than that. Like the MGM is massive, but the fucking Choctaw's huge too. Oh my God. It gave me very similar to MGM Grand Vibes because there was so many restaurants, there were bars, there was a bowling alley, there was a movie theater. There was so many different parts of the casino. Honestly, it felt like that place had way more slots than the MGM Grand, straight up. I think it did. But I actually did gamble, and I lost money because, you know, gambling I don't think is really great. And I think that's why I don't do it, because I do think it's fun. Like, I had a good time, but it's just wasting money, so I just don't want to do that too often. You know, I don't have that kind of money. <laughs> um, but I did play Blackjack 2 at a table, which was actually very fun. Um, I think if I went back to a... Like if I go back to casinos, which I probably will go back. I just, it's not something I'm going to do like often, but I would definitely play blackjack again. Cause it was just fun. And we had both the people that run the table, the dealers, they were super kind and helpful with me and my friend Jess. Cause we didn't know how to play. So they were just genuinely helping us, which was really cool. And I really appreciated because obviously I, uh, didn't, we didn't know what we were doing. We were also kind of intoxicated by that point. Uh, the town was super cute and quaint. Um, uptown Durant was really cute. We walked around on, I think it was Saturday morning, like morning ish. We walked around Durant and it was very cute. They had some boutiques and just like, it was just so cute. It was just like a little cute little town. I don't know. It was just, it's precious. But my favorite one was we went into Western legacy. It was a really cool freaking boutique. They had a lot of really great options. They had Ariat boots there. They had, they sold hydro jug shit, which was really cool. And then they had these like, I think they were called like Coolio or something. I had never seen them before, but it was a brand of coolers and they were just fucking precious. I didn't look at how much they were because I didn't want to buy one because like I just didn't need it, but they were so fucking cute. And they just had, they had bags, they had clothes. It was a very like, very well-rounded uh, uh, boutique, especially if you like Western fashion at any capacity. Um, <laughs> this was funny. So our neighbor... Um, we were in like a little suburb type vibe. Okay. So our neighbor, we got there. I think we got back from going uptown on, 
on Saturday. And so we were walking up to our Airbnb and there was an older lady who is in the house right next to us. And she was just like, hi, like she kind of just like waved at us. So we went over to her and we're like, Hey, what's up? You know? And she was like, you guys know who lives across the street? And we're like, ma'am, we haven't even been here 24 hours. (laughs) Like we're from Ohio. This is an Airbnb. And she's like, well, I just ask because, and straight up, this is her, not me. She's like, the people across the street, like directly across the street. And like, she's talking mad shit loud. They're probably home. <laughs> like They could have heard her, <laughs> but she's like the people across the street, they're druggies. And last night and last night that she's referring to was Friday night. The first night we stayed there, she's like, the girl came over here and she was walking in between our houses at like 5 AM just walking around. She's like, I don't know what she was doing. I don't know what she was scoping out. She's like, but also the owner of this Airbnb actually, uh, she stole the chair off of the front porch. And I'm like, okay. And like, so then, you know, like me and me and Jess are getting a little wary. Cause we're just like, Oh, Oh fuck. Oh, okay. Uh, Oh, uh. but then she was like, everyone else is super great though. Like the whole neighborhood is really great. She was telling us about like all the different people. She's like, these are just the only problem that we really have. And she just wanted to let us know. So I sent our Airbnb hosted message and was like, Hey, if you have outdoor cameras, which I think he did, you might just want to check them because the neighbor lady told us that the the drug lady across the street is, was walking around or whatever, but we never had an issue. Nothing crazy. Thankfully. Um, I don't really know what she was doing, but the lady, the old lady did say that, um, she, the, our, oh, oh, sorry. I was reading my notes to make sure. Uh, but she said that there was, uh, she's like, I mean, I think they're scared of me. Cause I would my gov around and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I love that for you old lady. But she was, she was genuinely very sweet and just like wanted to let us know. So no, no, no issue. But she just, I mean, she just wanted to let us know. And it was very funny. There was a place that we kept passing on 69 routes, uh, north and south. I think it's, I think when you're going north, it's on your side. It's like on your right from Durant to Otoka or anywhere north. It's called Bigfoot's Trap House. And if it didn't look a little sketch on the outside, we were going to go in there because I'm not sure what's in there. I really honestly don't know. I think it's open 24-7. And every time we pass it, I'm like, that's a great name. But also, what the fuck is going on in there? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I was like, what is, what, what would be, I don't know. I don't know if it's a bar. I, I think in Oklahoma, their weed is legal, but it might only be medically. I'm not 100% sure. But um, I think they had like signs where they, they, they sell weed. So I don't medicinally, I don't fucking know, but it's just, it was wild. Also, the weather was so great and such a nice little switch up from Ohio because literally when we left Friday, it was pretty cold. And then Saturday morning, my friend sent me Snapchats of snow and it being like 25 degrees in Ohio. And literally that day it got to like 75 and it was so sunny. And I was just like, oh man, so sad to not be in Ohio. (laughs) It was really nice weather. It was nice the whole time we were down there and it was just, oh, It was so good. Uh, Also, people were so fucking nice. Everyone was just incredibly nice. Like every waiter or waitress that we had would like talk to us. And, you know, like the one waitress at the Jimmy's Egg gave us recommendations of like what to do in town. And the people at HTO all like talked to us and blah, blah, blah. Like everyone was just so fucking kind. The waitress at Reba's was phenomenal. I wish I remembered her name, but she, when she waited on us on Sunday night, when we went to the private event, um, like the private showing, 
she just she was so cool because she also like loved the history of Reba's and loved sharing it with people so she was just telling us all kinds of cool stuff about the actual restaurant itself and everything and it was just neat as hell and the, if you ever get the chance to go and you are a fan of Reba it's really definitely worth the trip because literally it's like a museum of Reba the cool thing for us was since we were with the Lane Frost brand to be there, we got to be in there while no one was. So we got to go around like it was a museum. And so that was a really nice benefit because obviously any other time you go, there might be people obviously eating when you're eating and this, that, and the other, cause it's a full functioning restaurant, but it was just very cool. There was a lot of really interesting details. The third floor is completely just like merchandise you can buy. And she actually has Reba, her, her mom had an entire library and she brought it there and it's just sitting there. And it's just really neat. And like I said, the event itself was really cool. I haven't really done a lot of things as like a influencer acting like a celebrity, you know, because I just, I just, I just stick to myself. I stick to my cows. I, I take brand deals here and there, of course. And, you know, I do work with some cool companies occasionally, but for the most part, I'm just kind of chilling, you know, I don't do a lot of stuff. I don't go to events. So this one was really cool. It was a really fun experience. And like I said, they just were so kind to us while we were out there, not only Lane Frost brand, but just people in general, like I said, they were just so nice. And like, I live in the middle of nowhere. So most people are pretty friendly around here, but I mean, it was next level down there. It was next level. Also, oh, the one girl, I can't remember what name, but you said you live in Los Angeles and you can't fathom. Yeah, a lot around here, everyone does know everyone for the most part. Like, it's kind of wild. Um, for Like I said, I feel like I live under a rock a lot of times and I just stay very secluded because there's a lot of times that my friends will be talking about people and I'm like, I don't know who the fuck that is. <laughs> and they're like, Lacey, you literally grew up with them. And I'm like, I don't know. But like my best friend, Julie, works at the salon, like one of the salons uptown. And that bitch knows everything. Oh my God. I love to just check in with her and just be like, what you got for me, girl? And she just lays it on me and it's fucking batshit crazy. Because like I said, she just knows. But well, and she also has, there's two there because not only does she work at the salon, but her mom is a teacher at one of the schools. So like between them, I always know what's going on just by them. Like, cause they just, people come into the salons and they'll just, you know, give you everything that's going on in their lives. And you're just like, okay let's okay period <laughs> you know like alrighty. so I do want to show you I did swipe while I was out there and I got some profiles in the old great state of Oklahoma and I got some of them ended up being Texas too because like I said there was a lot of people that ended up being there um so this one <laughs> this guy says do you ever wonder sometimes like what's going on baby every day <laughs> uh this one oh, this one was just like really poetic almost like philosophical it says everyone comes in a relationship with baggage you either trip over each other's stuff or you unpack it together like okay plato what the fuck <laughs> i was like damn but it's true i like this guys because he said let's sit on a porch and watch the cows together one crotch fruit electrician i've never heard crotch fruit and that's fucking funny as like referring to a child i've heard like crotch goblin and you know some other things but crotch fruit that was a first for me and you know what it's funny this guy this is fucking dumb but he says i'm like communion a cracker with the juice <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with men this one says i came here to drink milk and match with five percent of the girls i actually swipe on send two to three awkward messages run out of things to say delete the app wait a few months to get my confidence back forget why i deleted it and the first place and repeat the process and i'm all out of milk because <laughs> that is accurate that is accurate for a lot of different things um this guy put i hit a little white ball and go find it because i think he was a professional golfer i think i could like from his profile it looked like it anyway um but it was just very funny 
Ah, ta 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 ta. This one just says, got a couple of weddings coming up. Need a date. Use me for the open bar. I really don't give a shit. <laughs> oh, this guy's was good. He says, I'm silly and I have two cats. <laughs> this guy said, do you like raisins? How about a date? <laughs> Uh, this one, I'm just going to get into reading it. It's kind of a little paragraph and I don't know what's going on here. I'm definitely looking for a relationship. I want someone who wants to kiss and do all the, all those things that a couple would do. I actually do not get satisfied if a girl is just in it for sex and no emotion. I'm definitely looking for my big win. I'm a decent looking guy. I can be very funny and friendly. There was not a single punctuation in that whole thing. So if you wondered why I was struggling, that's why. I, I, I respect it. I think it's, um, I want to look it up so I don't say the incorrect thing, but I actually think there is something that is like a technical. Okay. Yeah. So like, I definitely feel like I honestly kind of like can fall into this sexual identity, like 100% because it is people who identify, they only feel sexual attraction to someone after they formed a strong emotional bond with them. So it's people who just kind of cannot, you know, cause there can be like an initial attraction of like, Oh, that person is very attractive, but it's like, I wouldn't like, I find them attractive. Like they're cute. They're hot. They're whatever, you know, term you want to use, but to actually like be physical with them, you have to have that form, that connection first. So I feel like I'm not telling and I'm not assuming what this man is by any way, any means, but I just, that made me think of it because that is very obviously clear. Um, that, that seems like kind of the vibe that he's talking about, but obviously might not be him either. Uh, cause there's nothing wrong with either. If you want to have sex with somebody the first night you meet them, I don't give a shit, do whatever you want. I'm not going to call you a hoe, but if you also want to wait three, six, I don't care. Marriage. I don't care how long you wait. Um, because you know, some people do, I, I I'd say, yeah, I definitely like to have a connection with somebody. And it usually, cause people become a lot more attractive to me when I do have like know their personality and it ends up, you know, meshing with mine. So I get it. I get it. I will say the first part through me because he's 34 and the fact that it was like, I want someone who wants to kiss and do all the couple things. I'm like, okay, that's it. Um, uh, that's okay. Oh, this one. I'm not a tight ass, but I do have one. <laughs> love to cook, keep my, keep myself and my environment clean. Love listening to music and being outdoors. An old school guy with a modern ideas. And I'm very in touch with my feminine side. Last photo is most current. Sorry, I'm not smiling in it. I don't often take pics. I actually really like that bio because I feel like it's really cool that he added like an old school guy with modern ideas. And I'm very in touch with my feminine side. Cause sometimes I get nervous when people are like old school. Cause then a lot of times they can not all the time, but sometimes when they're like old school or like old soul, they're like very much like, I want a woman who's just going to cook and clean and look pretty and I'll work and treat you like shit. <laughs> uh, this guy said aspiring dog dad or steps dad, keeping the options open, which honestly is a very big 180 from if you've listened to the episodes where I've read the New Zealand dating apps, because those men fucking hate single moms for some reason. <laughs> Please just know how to fold a fitted sheet because one of us needs to. <laughs> I don't think there is a way. Actually, I've seen those videos where people have like folded it and that's really cool. Um, but never me. Couldn't be me. I just, I can't do it. I can't fucking do it. And it's okay. I think it's totally fine and totally valid to just not have to fold a fitted sheet. You just, everyone, you just ball it up. You know, no one's going to judge. Everyone's like, yeah, it's fucking weird. It's yeah. Yeah. The elastic really just fucks you up. I remember that video going around. I don't know if it was Facebook or what, but I do remember where, um, some lady was showing how to fold a fitted sheet and it looked just immaculate and gorgeous. And she had done such a great job. And I was like, wow, that is a superhero. And I do not know what she's doing. Just being, you know, just, just being somebody's, you know, somebody who cleans, I, what are you doing? You, you should be inventing shit. That's big brain energy, ma'am. And I just want you to know that <laughs> because like that shit's impressive. 
That shit is so fucking impressive. I do feel so busy now that I'm home though, because I have so much shit that I need to get done. And I had some shit thrown at me, um, kind of more personal stuff that it doesn't involve me. So I'm not going to share it because you know, y'all know me, I'll tell you just about fucking anything, but for my sake or for the people involved sake, I'm not going to share it because that's not, that's not my, that's not my shit to tell. You know what I'm saying? Um, but like, I just feel and good things too. Like, I feel like there's a lot of things going on with my business that I'm very excited about. And there's things with like social media. That's really cool. I will say though, straight up. And I do feel better now that I got back from my trip because before my trip, I felt so uninspired and just in a, in a, in a, uh, content rut. And I don't know if it was like showing in my reels or my, you know, videos in general, but it just, like I said, I just had that insane pressure of, it felt like when I would post something other than cattle content, people were just like, no. And so I think the fact that I felt like that's all people wanted from me, it made it when I filmed with the cows, I just, it, my heart wasn't in it. Um, but when I got home today or well, last night I got home, but when I got home, um, this morning, like when I went out to go check snow and, you know, feed Kevin and take care of all the animals, I was like, okay, wait, this is like, I, I set up my phone to film some stuff. And I felt like that, like energy again, where I was like, I want to film this. So I think I just need to have that mentality again of just don't give a fuck what anyone says. Just film what makes you happy. Film dumb shit. If you want to film dumb shit, you don't need to film you know, like, you know, cause people are going to come and go and that's fine. Like, it's not like I'd never really, honestly, I know that people say that, but I do not give a fuck about numbers when it comes to like, Oh, like I just, I can't, I can't go below this many followers or both. Like, I don't give a fuck. I don't check it, but I do. So I just like, if there's people who are like, if there are people that are following me that, you know, they only expect certain cow videos. And if they don't get them, they're going to be pissed. Or if they're only here for the dogs or the animals and the cows and everything, then I don't want that energy because, you know, the cow videos are fun, but if I just film them with no audio, I don't think they would be entertaining at all. I, I just, I really don't think so. So I think that it just, and like I said, it's just hard not to have it hurt your heart, you know, because I know I've, I think I'm funny and I think I make good content and I know I have a lot of people that enjoy it, but sometimes it is hard because if you have hundreds of comments that are questioning you, or you have hundreds of people telling you like, you know, especially with, you know, when I posted the brand deal with the vibrators, it's just, it's wild because I posted a brand deal with a bodysuit the not too long ago. And I genuinely do like those bodysuits. They, for the price, they are a really good bodysuit. Um, and that's, I'm, they're not, they're not paying me to talk about it on the podcast. I just, I really do only work with companies that I actually fuck with the product and would put my name with it. Cause I don't take that lightly. Cause I know that a lot of times when I endorse something, people trust me because I, 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 I keep it real. You know, I'm very honest, open and authentic and try to be as much as I possibly can. So I'm not going to just do a, something for a quick buck. You know what I mean? And so it just, you know, it was really just, you know, it was crazy because when I posted that, sorry, my brain did forget where I was going, but I found it. Um, but when I posted that, nobody, not a single soul was like, mm, this is off brand. This seems out of left field. Why? Why does that not seem out of it? Why is vibrators out of left field, but a fucking body suit isn't because I don't, you know, endorse sex toys just as much as I don't really endorse bodysuits. Like my content is primarily cattle, farm, ag, that comedy. That's what my fucking content is. So why is that? Again, I think it's because people had an issue with the fact that it was vibrators and they just could not say that. So they just had to make up other excuses and it was just rude. 
It was fucking rude, straight up. There's no other way about it. It was just rude. And I didn't like it. Now, I will say, this is a DM I got, and there was no hate to this person at all. It just brings up a great question that I'd love to pose, because I am curious. So this person just says, hello, do you eat beef? This is something I struggle with, especially seeing how much you love your cows. I hate that we have to kill them. I would give up eating all meat if it meant that none of them had to die. I'm just curious on your take with regards to eating animals. Maybe you have posted about this in the past, but I am not, but I am new here. I am in absolutely no way judging you. There is no wrong answer. I really appreciate this person because they seem incredibly kind and very just, but I will say that the way it is worded too, it feels like there is a wrong answer because I've dealt with this before because people will say no judgment. They'll say no hate. And then when I say, yes, I do eat meat. They're like, well, how can you? And I don't want to assinuate or assume anything about this person. Cause I didn't message them back and I did not tell them. So I can't assume, like, I can't assume what they might've said to me, but is it not wild? Like, I just, I genuinely want to pose that. Like you have to know my diet in order to follow me or in order to support me. I don't get it because I've, like I said, I've made it abundantly clear in like pinned videos that are on my page to look at that it's, you know, I put that I, this is not a sanctuary. These cows were born and raised here. I did not save these cows. Like they are not from, you know, any situation where they were saved. We have, we've bred in the past, you know what I mean? And you know, I don't have anything sanctuary. I have that I'm a cattle woman in my bio because I want people to, I'd rather people assume that I'm a farmer and that I am a beef producer than assume that I am a sanctuary. But it's hard because people can't believe, well, some people, not all people, but some people cannot fathom and wrap their head around that farmers and ranchers care about their animals and aren't rude, like aren't mean to them. So, they just have, they just can't think that I could be a farmer or a rancher. So they immediately assume I'm a sanctuary and that's not the case. But I just think about that and I'm like, you know, obviously there's a weird, like people can think it's hypocritical and that's their opinion. I'm not saying it's wrong. I don't agree, but I'm not saying their opinion's wrong, but some people can think of like the hypocritical of me loving animals, but also being able to eat them. And that's, again, that's your opinion. And you think that could be hypocritical. That's totally, that's your opinion. But just because I have cows and I'm nice to them, I, and I, if I eat meat, you can't support that. Like, so are you messaging every single content creator and making sure that they're a vegan or they align completely with your views to make sure you can follow and support them? Because I think we're going too far. I'm straight up. I'm gonna be so real. I'm gonna sound like such an old lady, but I feel like society and the way that we are like putting, like where we're putting content creators is in such a scary place because um, like somebody told me that they thought that my relationship with Lane Frostbrand wasn't good because it's more of a conservative, uh, and just in the conservative, as far as like Christian, uh, not like conservative, like, you know what I mean? It's very, you know, Christ-based because Lane was a Christian and he, God was a big thing for him. I'm not religious, but I can still work with the company because I'm not going to let the fact that we have different religious beliefs stop me from working with a company where the people are genuinely nice because that's the thing is like, I have talked to these people and every time I have had a conversation with them, they have been so nice and kind. And I've never heard a single negative thing about any group of people come out of their mouth. And that's all I care about. I can have differencing political views with you. Absolutely. I do not give a shit because I don't even want to talk politics because I don't even like, I don't like them. I don't like any of them. I don't like any of those motherfuckers in the, in those houses. They're fucking greedy little shits who just fuck, fuck everything up. Like I just, I can't do it. <laughs> But as long as I can tell you're a good person 
and you care about humans and you're not going to be homophobic, racist, transphobic, any of that, I don't fucking care. Like, I, I just, I want to make sure you're a good person. Absolutely. But if you and I have a differencing of opinion on something politically or religious, I'm not going to let that just say I cannot associate with you, you know? Like, obviously, like I said, there is a line. If you are, if you are around me and you are actively racist or you say a slur, yeah, I'm done. No, no. But, you know, if there's just differencing of opinions or we can agree to disagree on some things, I, I still think we can, you know, because I think that's the problem is we're so divided. It's like liberals are fucking snowflake blah, 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 and conservatives are all racist pieces of shit. And it's like, no, 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 no. Everyone can be pretty decent. Like there are good people in every single group. Unfortunately, the bad ones are the loudest. And that's why we make those fucking, you know, we put them all in one category and say, deem them all these negative things. But at the end of the day, I think if people just had more conversations with people and were just more open to having that conversation and okay with being able to agree to disagree, I think we'd be in such a better place because like, so I'm going to talk about something. Like I said, this is going to be like, we're finishing off with a more serious note, but I, it's a really important conversation. So I would love your guys' feedback. And I would love if you did listen because I ended up filming, it's in my drafts, like a 10 minute, I did the full 10 minute TikTok about this, but then I was like, you know what? I think it would just be better to talk about on the podcast because then I just don't have a time limit. And so the way, like, I'm just going to kind of go through similar what I talked about, because I'm sure a lot of you, um, have seen that I'm, cause I, I know everyone pro I, I would assume like everyone knows what is happening in Gaza right now. And so I'm sure you have seen where a lot of people have, attack certain creators or like are going to certain creators pages and just being really upset that they're silent on the on the matter or that they haven't said anything or use their platform and I think we really have to have a conversation about that without people attacking everybody and that's what I want to do is just have a real quick conversation because and just kind of go through things with you because I just I think that we're, we're in a place where I think it's just going to keep getting weirder and worse because the one stance I will make is I don't think that you should expect every single person that gains a platform to now be a social activist. Now, let me finish because I don't want you to think that means that everybody gets to be a piece of shit and not handle anything or not, not you know, be a human being and worry about human rights. But I think that if you expect every single social media person to become extremely vocal and extremely educated and informed on subjects to teach you, I, I think that I, I think we're going in the wrong place. But let me let me just start from the beginning. And I'm going to tell you about me and I'm going to tell you about my situation and everything that happened Um and just kind of openly talk with you guys. So when I first heard of what was going on in Gaza in October of last year, I didn't know how to feel because it was just so fucking scary to hear about it. And I remember just immediately getting overwhelmed because I had such a strong feeling in my like heart of just obviously pain and just sympathy um, because I just couldn't fathom dealing with that because I'm a very privileged white woman who lives in a de very developed country. We have our flaws, but at the end of the day, we do have a lot of great things about our country to where we've never been put in this kind of situation. And I, I don't, I, I've never, I've never experienced anything that could be like a fraction of what they're going through. So I wanted to do something, you know, and I had seen videos of some people that were getting really upset about silence. And 
but I, I just, I felt uncomfortable talking about it. Not because I was worried about losing followers, not because I was worried about what people would think, not because I was, I was worried I was going to share the wrong shit. And then I was going to be part of the problem, not part of the solution. Because I know people were like, you can educate yourself in 10 minutes. I don't think so. I don't think it's smart to take 10 minutes, an hour, or even maybe a full day of research, and then now think you're an expert on the subject to be able to share to potentially millions. I didn't feel comfortable. I'm not saying that other people didn't, and I'm not saying that other people were sharing bad information. But I remember seeing that, I remember reading articles that were like, oh, well, you know, if you are in support of, and this was in the beginning, but it was like, if you're in support of Gaza and you want to like, if you're supporting Palestine, then you can look anti-Semitic. And I was like, Oh my God, like, so there's just like so much thing, so much shit was going on in my brain because I'm like, I don't want to seem anti-Semitic at all, but I also never fucking agree with genocide. That's never fucking okay. I really, really, really hate that when governments disagree, the only people that fucking struggle, the only people that are affected are innocent lives. Because it's just a showboat of like kind of trying to, it's just scare tactics into hopefully submission. That's what it is, what governments do. It's who has the bigger army and who has more money or more friends. And it just, that's just the worst way that humans have decided to fucking solve things. But that's just governments. And I don't know how to fix that. But I knew I wanted to do something. I didn't know what. So I literally, I Googled how to help the people of Gaza. Straight up. I, I Googled it on my Mac. And I found this really great article that was like, you know, if you are somebody who wants to help Gaza, this is what you can do. And it was like, you can try to educate yourself. And but it also had in there, you know, like, beware of biased pages and beware of this, that and the other. And I was like, oh, fuck, okay, I'll do my best. <laughs> um, but then the next one was call your local representatives and demand for a ceasefire. So I did. Uh, they the, That website was super helpful. They actually had uh, like an actual like they put an entire uh, prompt that you could just read if you weren't sure what to say, which I really appreciated because I used it. Um, so I called, I got the email of JD Vance's office, but I left or email, sorry, <laughs> voicemail of JD Vance's office. Cause that's my representative. And I left that message and you know, Ohio's conservative for the most part. And I believe JD Vance is, so he probably laughed in my face, but I, I wanted to do it because I was like, I don't know how this will help, but I hope it fucking does. Um, so then the next one, was donate if you can absolutely donate if you can so I did um I found a couple different like I found the things where it was I actually think so I donated to the American Friends Service Committee the only reason I know is ironically this was actually just right here um they gave me a 2024 little peace builder card that's so cute because I guess I have a donor ID oh I feel so legit <laughs> But I donated because I just, I was like, you know, I don't know what else I can do from over here, but I'm going to try my fucking best. So I donated. And then it said, uh, I was trying to think, was there a third thing it said to do? do, 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 do. I can't remember if there was a third thing because I donated. Oh yeah, no, it didn't have anything else. So then, like I said, I did those things and I tried to keep myself informed. I followed a couple people on TikTok that I felt were doing a really good job informing people because those were people who did like have the, I don't know, I don't know if I want to call it capacity, but they just, they knew it. Like, I don't know how, but they just, they knew so much shit. And they just, I felt like they were giving a lot of really great updates. So I was like, I, I definitely want to follow these people. I want to keep up to date and I want to try to stay as informed as I can. And so, you know, when there were, when people were like, hey, Starbucks is supporting Israel, 
haven't had Starbucks since. And I'm not saying that like, that's so crazy. I should be, you know, that's so impressive. But I just, I was like, that's it's a tiny minuscule thing. But if it helps in any capacity, then I'll fucking do it. I don't need a fucking cold brew that bad. I'll make my own coffee. And you know, same thing with McDonald's. I just was like, okay, I got it. Like I can, I'm going to do my best, you know? And so then as far as the platform, like my platform and posting on it, I didn't make, I didn't make a post. I didn't make a single post on any of my platforms. And it was really just because I feel like it's very wrong of me, a white woman who gets to stay in a place of privilege and gets to, you know, like, I just feel wild speaking on things like that. And you know, I understand that people were, uh, you know, that seems so silly or invalid to people, but it's how I feel. And so I'm going to kind of go through some other like things that have happened in the past just to kind of explain to you like how I, I've handled it essentially. So we talked about it before, but when the Black Lives Matter movement happened, I woke the fuck up because I had realized that I had been incredibly complacent and that made me part of the problem because I was just sitting in that place of comfortable privilege, like, you know, well, I don't understand police brutality. Yeah, don't, no, of course you don't, bitch. You're white. Um, you know, and I just, you know, I'm not racist. So like, what's the, what's the deal? And then I fucking shut up. I listened to black creators. I listened to black people and I educated myself and I didn't post a lot. I posted a couple things. I believe, I remember, I, I know I, sh I shared some ways to donate and stuff when it came to, um, on like my, especially my Instagram story. Cause I just feel like that's a really easy platform. Like the Instagram stories, I feel like a lot of people view them and the fact that you can have a link just clicked right there is always great. Um, but I, I didn't speak a lot and it's because in that moment I was like, I want to be a great ally and I want to learn and I want to do a lot of things on the back end. So I'm going to donate and I'm going to educate myself. I even joined a nonprofit against discrimination in rural areas that I'm now the vice president of. And because I just, I wanted to do this back end work but I didn't want to be a face for it because I just felt like it wasn't my place to be the face. Um, it just didn't feel right to me. I never wanted to be louder than the voices who fucking mattered. So I was trying to elevate others and their platforms, and I was trying to do a lot of back work. But I never talked about it because I didn't want recognition. I, I, I just don't. I, I don't need that. I don't want people, I don't do, I don't want to do good things and be a douchebag vlogger who's in a homeless man's face after I give him a hundred dollar bill. I just want to do good things because I want to be a good human. So the next thing that happened that I really remember is, um, Roe v. Wade overturning. And when Roe v. Wade overturned, my stomach sank because I am a woman in America with a uterus and living in one of the most unsafe states. So I just immediately remember being fucking petrified because this was something that directly affected me. And I was very vocal and I lost a lot of followers, a lot, but I didn't care because I wanted to have a voice on something because I was passionate about it. So I did the same thing. I did the back end work. I protested. I um, donated and we did stuff in that discrimination group and, you know, tried to just do everything in my capacity. And I, and, and that point, yes, I did use my platform to talk about it, but it's not because it was more important. It's not because it was, you know, more valid to me. All of these were valid to me. And I wanted to educate myself on all of them, but I was the affected party. 
So I felt okay and I felt comfortable being the face of it because I knew what it felt like to be a woman in America. I knew what it felt like to immediately buy, um, I immediately bought like ovulation strips because I was like, oh my God, I might have to track this different ways. Like, I don't know if I'll have access to birth control. I don't know if I'll be able to get my tubes tied and I don't want a child. Like, you know, and then I'm, I'm a woman PCOS. There's a good chance that if I was, to, I do get pregnant. I could have a miscarriage. So then it's like, I'm like, I'm, I, don't, I don't want to lose a child and then get investigated and this, that, and the other. Like, it was just a fucking lot. So I felt comfortable speaking on it because I was the affected party and I knew how all of that felt. So that's the only reason that I was speaking about it on my platform. So then, like I said, when everything with Gaza had happened, I did the stuff on the back end. But I just, I, I just stayed quiet. Now, I did repost a lot of videos. I'm not saying that's, like, to make it better. But I just felt so fucking insignificant because I remember seeing videos that I reposted of people who lived in Washington State, and they were actually protesting to keep a barge from leaving that had uh, weapons that were going straight to Israel. Like, these people, there were people in canoes, like, in kayaks trying to block it. Like, these people were doing shit. And I just felt so fucking insignificant. I felt like it would have been more of a slap of a face for me to just put a watermelon emoji in my like bio or to um, use the hashtag free Palestine. Like I just felt like that was just so insignificant. So I was just trying to do everything else in my power, but I didn't need to post it because I don't want to do it for that. Um, and so, you know, it just, it really scares me as a society that that's all it takes that's all it takes for people. Everyone, any creator who made a video, either whether it was to that, any of the audios that money was going towards Gaza, or if they just made a quick video saying, you know, free Palestine, I'm with the people of Gaza, that's all they had to do. And everyone thought they'd like, oh, yep, they're a good person then. Like, at least they spoke on it. They used their platform. But is that enough? Genuinely, like, is that really honestly all it takes? Because you have no idea what those people are doing on the back end. And I'm going to be so real with you. I've met creators. I guarantee you, like, a good bit of them just did it to save face, to not get canceled, to not deal with the backlash. Straight up. I just, I, I really do believe that. Because I felt the pressure. I felt the pressure of, like, I don't want these people to think I'm a bad person. But I also just... I really hope that my content and the, who I am as a person that I'm portraying, people would know that I would never co-sign genocide, that I would never be okay with that. I would really hope that the people that watch me would know that, you know, and it's just, it, it just, it scares me because, you know, I, I really think, and I, obviously I understand that there's no good way to gauge if somebody's a good person. I just feel like you have to feel them out, you know, from their content. I definitely feel like there's some people I watch their content and I just don't vibe with them. I feel like, I'm like, mm, I don't know if they're genuine. And then there's other people where I'm like, oh my God, I feel like, you know, this is just a really great person. And so I just, I think we have to put a lot more weight into that than just, oh, they made that video about Gaza, about Palestine. Okay, great. That's it. That's they're they're on the good side. It's like it's literally it feels like it's like Santa's list, and it's either naughty or nice. And as long as you just said one thing, one as long as you did one small thing publicly saying that you were with Gaza, you were on the nice list immediately, and then everyone else was on the naughty. And I don't want to have to post receipts. I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to have to prove to you, like show you this donor card or, you know, like any of that. I just want to do good to do good. I was very blessed this year. That snow video made me a lot of money. 
And so I gave back and it felt really good to give back. And I did it privately because I don't want people to think like, I don't want to do it just because I want to look good to others. I just did it because I wanted to do it. And I don't want to get in a place and I don't want society to go to this place where it's just, you know, it just, it tears people down because, you know, I don't, I don't want to post something because I feel pressured to post it because it does make me uncomfortable trying to be a face for it. But I also don't want to have to tell everybody the other shit that I did to be a good person. You know what I mean? Like it just, it just stresses me out because I don't care to be canceled. Like that's the thing. I, I don't care to lose followers. I don't care to be canceled, but I do care that so many people are putting all of this, all of the like riding line of like, if a, if a creator is okay or not to follow and support on just the sheer fact of if they say, like they make that quick video. And I just, that just, it breaks my heart because like, for instance, I don't know, I'm going to turn my volume down so I can go look, but I don't, there's this um, Facebook page or not Facebook page, I'm sorry, TikTok page where this person is like, okay, guys, now we're going to go to this person's comments and talk heavily about Gaza. And I'm going to butcher their name, but Bas Basan, I think. Basan is somebody in Gaza who makes content and is just a very light and amazing human. And so it's very terrifying because obviously what's going on in Gaza and it's very scary to know what could happen. Um, but Elise Myers is somebody who I feel like, I don't know her personally, but I do know that I feel like she's a genuine person and I just feel like she's a nice person. I feel like she's a real person. I feel like she's very down to earth. But if you go to her comments, um, oh, is it not happening so much now? I don't know if it's not happening anymore. It doesn't seem to be on her most recent one. So maybe they stopped. I don't know. But I just felt bad because also while people were doing this, um her son had to go to the hospital for like very serious and scary heart stuff. I believe he just had heart surgery not too long ago. And so the fact that, you know, this was all of her comment section just scared me. Uh, but, um, cause, okay. Yeah. So people, um, so she made this video. This is one that I remember. So she made this video that like about just like, you got this, you're doing a great job. And, you know, just about anxiety and mental health. And so many people were like, this would be a great message for Bassan. I hope Bassan hears this message. Wish Bassan could hear this every day to say Bassan needs this. Watermelon crew, where are you at? We love Bassan. I think Bassan and Motaz deserve feeling safe. Bassan deserves to stop time. I hope Bassan and Motaz are eating a full meal. I hope Bassan ate today. Like this is her entire comment section. And I'm not saying that... I'm not also extremely impressed and proud of the generation that I'm coming into of people who give so much shit about other human beings because sorry, it's making emotional because it is so cool and so impressive to see, especially like Gen Z behind me, just really showing up for their community and for people like that is amazing. And I don't want to ever make it seem like that's not what we should be doing. And that's not the goal. But how is uh, attacking and bombarding this one creator with all these comments, what is that doing? Because I'm not somebody, I don't think I would ever have this happen because I'm not cool enough. I'm not prevalent enough. I don't think I'd ever be on this list of creators to, you know, go after. But like, I just, I just want to know what this is doing and why it's okay. Because it makes, it breaks my heart for Elise because 
I know how much it hurts me to think that people would think I'm a terrible person just because I didn't make a video. So for her to think that, I, I hate that for her. And so like, I just want to know what the fuck we're doing. And like, where does it end? Because we can't put people in these categories of like, if you don't make a video, you're a piece of shit and you should be attacked like this in your comment section. Because I mean, they're basically like, they make it seem like she doesn't give a fuck about the sun. That's not the case. We have no idea what Elise is doing behind closed doors. She could be doing stuff like I'm doing stuff and just not wanting recognition for it because she seems like a good person. And so to just assume that because she didn't make a video and to just, you know, comment this, like, I just feel like that energy could be put towards so much better stuff. And I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't know. Like I said, this was a very open and vulnerable conversation. And I'm sorry that it, it took that turn because I obviously don't want you guys to think that like, I, you know, it's just, it's just a conversation that I wanted to have because I, I just, I feel like it just, it concerns me because where does it stop? Like what, when, and cause like, I, I'm not going to lie to you. Like I really do kind of agree with some of the people who are like social media people should not be social activists. Like, because like I said, some people like, because that's the problem is so many people didn't educate themselves. They just made a video out of fear. And then, you know, I mean, it, I, I hope it was beneficial, but th that did nothing for that person though, because they didn't learn anything and they probably haven't educated themselves. They said, okay, I made the video. I'm safe. I'm marked safe from being attacked as being, you know, a bad person. So I can move on with my life and pretend like nothing fucking happened. That's not okay. You know, I mean, like I said, it just, it breaks my heart because I know everyone, like, I think the biggest reason why people do that is because they see content creators and they think every single one is this douchebag who lives in LA who works for 10 seconds a day and makes so much money, makes hundreds of thousands of dollars monthly. That's what everyone thinks a creator is. Everyone. I overdrew on my account three times last month. I'm not rich. I live with my parents. <laughs> like a lot of us are regular fucking people who get to share our lives and people want authenticity and people want real people to be, you know, making content, but then they treat them like they're a celebrity. And then when they don't meet those expectations, people are upset. Cause I'm gonna tell you right fucking now with full fucking confidence. If I was a content creator making over a hundred thousand dollars a month, I would have sent millions to fucking Gaza. No questions asked. Cause that's all I want to do is help people. That's all I would love to do with my money is be able to just give back in all capacities. Um, you know, I, in this November and December, I did a lot of donating because that one snow video did really well. And I just, I don't feel the need to have that much money in my account. I just, if I can help other people and between the explosion that happened in my town and Gaza and everything else. I just was like, I have the money to do it. I'm going to help people. And I'm not saying that because I want a pat on the back. I'm not saying that because I want a recognition for it, but you know, it just, it sucks that people put the, they are putting the people who maybe not physically, like maybe not publicly spoke, but did these other, like, but they, you have no idea what that person does. You know, you see three minutes of their day, probably max. And it's just crazy to assume so much and to, 
do such drastic things as trying to cancel them or attacking them by the hundreds of thousands. Well, probably not hundreds of thousands, but I feel like close to tens of thousands in the comments. And it's just overwhelming. And this whole conversation I've been walking around because I don't want I don't want this to sound like in any capacity, I don't think that we should care about human rights. And I don't think we shouldn't care about other humans just because it doesn't affect us or just because it's not us. That's not the fucking case at all. I just think that instead of taking the time and energy to be mad at a creator for not speaking on something, we could do that for somewhere else. We could do that with something else. I genuinely do believe that. And I just, I, I, that's, I just, I feel like that's, there's so much more power there than trying to make everyone else seem like a bad person. Cause that's what it can feel like sometimes too, is like, well, I'm doing this and you're not, and you have a platform. So like, I'm better than you. And I'm not saying that's everybody, but sometimes it feels like that. And it's just heartbreaking because it's a big factor for me of trying to keep my content very lighthearted, very focused around my life, my, com my comedy, my animals is because of the amount of people that tell me that my page is a safe place. I've had so many DMS that are like after a long day and a hard work, I love just decompressing. I had a lot of people during the pandemic or during, um, really hard times, like right now, currently with the economic, like the economy, the way it is, or when just anything that say, you know, I get to escape the world and all the scary stuff going on by watching your videos. I never want to take that from you. I never want to take that. So I try my hardest to make most of my content that, um, and not try to make a lot of videos of me, you know, talking about those issues. So it's just, it's just such a weird line you have to toe on the internet of, you know, do I, you know, do I, cause that's why I feel like a lot of creators made a video just because they were scared and they actually didn't believe what they said. They didn't understand why they were making the video and they may have done nothing else to support Gaza. And it really is unfortunate because some creators do have the money that they could have really made an impact. And I wish I made that money. I do. <laughs> I really do. But I was, I, like, I just, it's, it's just tough. It's a tough line to toe. And this is a tough conversation to have because people could listen to this and think that I'm basically, you know, not saying like people could listen to this and take it as I don't give a shit about what's going on. And I think that people should shut the fuck up on the Internet about it. That's not what I'm saying at all. I just think that there are people who do an amazing job of explaining things and giving information and keeping people aware. And then there's people who make content as the decompression. And I think it's okay to have both. And I think it's okay that one person stays on this side and one person stays on this side, because I think as long like you just have to vibe people out. I really do believe that. Like, I think there's a lot of shitty people that end up being famous or end up getting a lot of clout and that sucks. But then just, just try to weed them out. Cause you can think I'm not a good person and that's totally fine. Like I will not, I'm never going to be offended by your own personal opinion. Um, if you share it with me in a negative manner, I may block you, but if that's your opinion, that's your opinion. I don't want to have to prove myself to anybody. So I'm not going to try to be like, well, I've done, you know what I mean? So if you feel like someone's a piece of shit, leave them alone. Do nothing with it. Don't give them that attention. 
versus if you think somebody, if you think this, like one creator is a good person and you think you want to support them, then do that. But I think putting a lot, putting responsibility of social injustices on creators just seems kind of odd because I know that every, I know that that was the biggest thing because people hated when content creators were like, I don't feel comfortable talking about it because I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not informed enough and I don't know if I'll ever be informed enough. People are like, that's not an excuse. And I, I do feel that way. I feel like if I talked about what was going on, even though I know a good bit, I don't know the like deep seated and long history between these two kind of, like, I just, I don't know. And so it's just really hard because like I said, it's just people, it's just, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm talking in circles now because I just, like I said, it is a scary thing to talk about because I would hate for anyone to take away from this that I'm, you know, I, I'm against anybody speaking up on things and no one, no content creators should speak up on social injustices. I just think that expecting every single content creator to do something is kind of weird. And I don't think that's what we should be doing. I think that it's great that everyone is so much more informed about what's going on in the world. And I think it's great that so many people are so passionate. I've, I, I just feel like there wasn't a lot of protesting in like the eighties and nineties and I didn't live through it. So if somebody, sorry, if somebody did, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I just feel like there's been so much protesting and there's so much. And I, I, I love that. I think that's so fucking great. Genuinely. Like it's insane to see in such a great way. But I think that it also can go into a weird place like it does with the social media thing. And I'm not just saying that as a content creator. I'm really, truly not because I, I just think it's kind of wild in general, to be honest, because I mean, when the black lives matter movement happened, I barely had a couple hundred thousand followers on TikTok and probably only like 5,000, if that on Instagram. So I definitely was not going to be somebody who would have been quote unquote gone after for not being, not speaking up. But I mean, I don't think changing your profile picture changes anything. I don't think that should put you in a category of like, oh, well, they're a good person now. You know, they have, they have, you know, the fist or they have the watermelon. And I just, I, it worries me that that's all it takes because I think that we should want more of people, but we also just have to go off of that. Cause like I said, I don't want, I don't, I don't want it to be like, Oh, we need to have like receipts of every good thing somebody does. No, that's fucking crazy. But I just think you have to understand that like, like, cause that's the thing with me is like, there's a lot of content creators I watch and I didn't see them speak up about the women's rights stuff, reproductive rights and everything. But I just trusted, I was like, this seems like a good person. And so I'm going to still watch them because I don't really, I don't, I, I don't know where they stand, but that's okay. Um, and I don't, I don't know, like I, I, maybe that is something that is important for a lot of people, you know, like when it comes to my diet or when it comes to how you stand politically, but I just, I just think it's also really refreshing to think about just, you know, if somebody is a piece of, like I said, if somebody's a racist, somebody's homophobic, transphobic, any of that, like ableist fucking making fun of minority groups in any capacity. Absolutely. Absolutely put them into place. You guys know if it's a deal with children, when it comes to James Charles and, um, Colleen Ballinger, you guys know from this podcast, can't fucking stand them. Don't think they should have platforms. Absolutely disgusting to use your power to manipulate children, young people. Ew. But 
it's just oh, so much. I feel like there's just, I feel like people want to know every single thing and every, like everything you stand on when it comes to being a creator. And it's just like, okay, <laughs> okay. I don't know how to end this episode. I'll be honest. Like I said, I keep talking in circles for the last probably 15 minutes because I don't know how to end this episode because it is just such a scary thing to talk about because you don't know how people will take it. But, uh, I just, I just want to be, I just, I just, I just want to be a human being on this planet that does my best to be a good human and try to help other humans. That's literally all I want to do. Genuinely, genuinely all I want to fucking do <laughs> straight up. So I hope that you see that and I hope that that's portrayed. And if it's not, fuck, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But I just think we need to worry more about who a person is versus what they choose to post. Because for a lot of people, they post a highlight reel that isn't even real. So you have to think about that, really, when you're thinking of that kind of thing. And I think that's something that we forget, is that a lot of content creators, it's a highlight reel. And they're doing things to look good, not to actually be good. So I will leave you with that. I love you so much. Thank you for listening to me. Sorry we got fucking real serious at the end there, but it's been something that's been weighing on me and I feel really good talking about it, but I just also hope that you know where I'm coming from and you don't think I have any negative intention with that at all. Um, if you want to follow me, I know it's so, so weird. So if you want to, let me just plug myself. No, but if you want to um, have any feedback at all, weird dating stories, all that, you know, you can email me at tellthefcb at gmail.com. Let me know if I can use your name or not, because I will automatically assume to be anonymous unless you tell me just because I would hate to connect somebody to a story they weren't sure they wanted to be connected to or something. And then you can follow me if you want. It's at Feral Cow Bitch Pod or I'm Lacey M. Evans. And you can check out my website, heiferpleaseco.com. But you also don't have to do any of that shit. Thank you so much for just listening to me, okay? And we'll be back with another episode soon. Love you, bye.